Bryce, our next guest is someone who I've been looking forward to. I've been chasing him for a very long time, and he's finally joined us. His name is Seb Gotch. He had a first-class batting average of just a tick under 34 with two centuries when his career came to a grinding halt a couple of years ago. It was just before COVID. He peeled off 100 not out against New South Wales um, before hitting 102 not out against Queensland, I think it was, in the next game. A badly broken finger meant not only could he not wicket-keep, but he couldn't even hold the bat. He was a contracted player for Victoria. He tried everything, but ultimately was forced into a premature retirement at the age of, I think it was about 28. But Bryce, Gotch is known for more than just his cricket. He's also an avid footy fan. He's a coach, and he's relished the opportunity to wear short sleeves for the Melbourne Stars in the past as well, which is, uh, again, a reputational risk, but something that he wore and, uh, and, and did very, very well. And he's in at the SEN studio today. Gotchy, welcome to Sports Day. Tom, thank you. Bryce, that was a massive... Uh Wind up, mate. I've actually spent the last two years trying to get over that injury, and you've just taken me right Sorry. back there. So, Sorry. thank you very much. We're about to spend forty uh, minutes talking about it. No, it's great. We've gone from Michael Vaughan to me, so yeah. uh, quite a contrast. But thanks for having me in the studio. Did you think uh, we'll start lighthearted? Did you think that you'd uh, have such a reputation for wearing short sleeves for the Melbourne Stars? You became a cult figure, Gotchi. I didn't know. It's quite sad. That's probably the only thing I'm remembered for with my <laughs> cricket, to be honest. But no, um, no it was it was a great. Uh, when it happened and how it happened, Stephen Fleming, he sort of got wind of it before my first game. He was a coach at the time and he came up to me beforehand and said, do you wear short sleeves when you keep? And I didn't think that there was anything wrong with this at the time. Like Ash Midland at Melbourne, who you would have played against, yeah, yeah. he used to wear short sleeves. He's a great sledge, Ash Midland. One of the greatest sledges of all time. Yeah. yeah. Win, lose or draw, he, <laughs> he was sledging. He'd sledge off the ground. But um, I did that because he did it. So when Stephen asked me that, I wasn't sure why the question was so oh. sort of appealing to him. I said, yeah, I'm going to wear short sleeves again today. And he goes, good, make sure you, you bear yourself. And then <laughs> I came off that, that night on Twitter, I was tr- trending and the amount of <laughs> abuse that I copped that night, I don't, I don't reckon I'll ever match that ever again, but <laughs> it was, it was great. It was good fun. Twitter's a good leveler for everyone. Yeah, really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if Brendan, you put yourself out there. Brendan McCullum wore short sleeves with sweatbands. You never thought about sweatbands on the forearms, Gotchi? Uh, I did. What, what I found not being a good keeper and doing those sort of things put more pressure on you though. So there was an element of having to really perform with the gloves when you were taking the genuine Mickey, but, um, it was still, it was still good fun. And I think everyone, uh, took it in the, in the right spirit. Yeah. You played against each other, Bryce? Yeah, we did. Did he he hit you over, over your head? Um, he was, always, he was always looking to go pretty hard at me, but I, I do remember batting one time and, 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 and Seb just, uh, I, I was just surprised cause it, most keepers are pretty aggressive at you, but he was just chatting like, why, why are we out here? Like <laughs> this, it was just one of those days it was dragging. It, it was going to be a draw and I, I can defend, for, you know, for my life. And yeah. he was just like, why are we out here? So like, you, come on. Yeah. And he was very, very friendly. So I actually, that was my first encounter as a, yeah. as a young keeper for Melbourne. Yeah. So Gotchi, a d- double barreled question. Were you a reluctant football cricketer and were you a reluctant wicket keeper? Uh, that's a, an interesting question. I was a wicket keeper because that was the only way I could play cricket with my brothers. They were older and there was a, a lack of wicket keeper in their team. So mum said, if you know, if you want to play with them, you got to take the gloves. So that was sort of how I led into being a keeper. Um, and then cricket, I wouldn't say reluctant. I was very fortunate to time my run how I did to be noticed. Um, and I had some people on the inside, I think, working for me at Victoria, mm-hmm. like Lynchy and and yeah. Graffy, they probably gave me opportunities that maybe I didn't rightfully deserve, but 
Uh, thank you to those guys. But um, but you played footy as well at, at a high level at a, at a young age. I play, played a bit of state stuff. I was never at that level. I think when you're competing in footy and cricket, people tend to play it up a little bit. Yeah. So I was the benefit of um, some outside noise. Greg Chappell, I think there was a time he wrote an article that I actually got drafted by GWS or yeah. set on commentary, which is fantastic for someone like me. Yeah, like I, I really <laughs> sort on of that. thrived on that opportunity yeah. and, and had enough people fooled. So yeah, yeah now nah, footy was a, a thing that I did because I loved it so much and cricket, I think I was just very fortunate to put some scores together at the right time. So tell us a story about how you first wicket kept for Victoria. Yeah, I've told this story a few times. I've, I don't know how true it is. Like what I, do you mean? It's your own story. Yeah, well, I can't. I like to try and stitch Andrew McDonald up a little bit, and I I can't even remember if all of these did happen, but I think most of it did. We did run out of keeping options. Matty Wade, uh, he broke his collarbone, um, which was a, a really bad incident. Then we had Pete Hanscom with a broken finger. Aaron Ebb did his back. We were running out of players, basically left, right, and centre. Um, and Ronnie came into me and said, "How long's it been since you've?" put the gloves on and it honestly had been about 16 months. Did you own a pair at the time? I, I did. No, I actually, I didn't. I had to go to my sponsor and get a pair of gloves and I literally had one session behind the stumps. Mickey Lewis was wanging them mid pitch down to me. And I <laughs> this caught is a, state cricket, Bryce. I, I caught about 12 and he's like, yeah, it's, like, you look, look great. So Mick Lewis... You're standing He's got a good eye for keepers. With the greatest respect, Mick Lewis decided that you were right to keep it a shield game. Uh, he, yeah, he was the deciding factor. It was like, <laughs> you, you know, you hear the footy stories in a grand final when someone's done their shoulder the week before and they yeah. have to. Nigel you know, Lappin and Lee Matthews. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was a bit like. Mickey was wanging him down. He's like, yeah, that, that passes. You'll do. So I went out there and let through roughly 40 odd buyers for the match in the first shield game. And um, when I was coming off at each break, running, this is true, he had a bucket of water with ice ready for me to come and just put my hands in oh. the water. I think it was a joke, but I was using it. Like I, I actually needed it. My <laughs> hands were, they were sore. <laughs> Facing the pace. Uh, so I guess if that's how it started, then did it give you some belief to go, this is really what I want to do? Because it was, a, it was an amazing time in Victorian cricket. It was success left, right and centre. It did, yeah. I I've, was so lucky. I, there, was, there were so many scenarios, I think, back to one game against... Queensland at Allen Borderfield or Oval, whatever they call it. We won. We were sitting in the rooms. And I remember looking at Bobby Quiney after this win, and I must have been 23, 24, and we're having a beer, we're celebrating. And I distinctly remember being like, this is the happiest moment of my life. Uh, Like I was just sitting there with these guys that I love, doing this thing that I love. I must have made, I don't know, 17 for the game. Like I (laughs) put in a pretty average performance. But I was sitting around these other blokes that, were just amazing in that period of Victorian cricket. And I was fortunate enough to be, you know, sort of taken along for the ride. It actually is not too dissimilar from Peter Hanscom. The way that he got into the team initially, I think it was at the Gabba as well, was um, by being a wicketkeeper. Like that, that was his entry point into the team and he's branched off to be a batter. But he's still got that in his, in his I guess, toolkit. Were you always going to – I know that you were wicketkeeping the Melbourne Stars in Victoria. Did you see yourself as a long-term gloveman or did you want to be a batter eventually? Um. Uh, to be honest, I, it didn't really cross my mind how I was going to be playing. Like yep. I, I was in the team as a keeper. Um, that was just what it was. I didn't really have any goals to, uh, like, I didn't think much about playing for Australia. I was a long way off ever being at that level. Um, so I was just happy being in the team. And at that stage I was keeping and, and batting at seven and, you know, doing whatever the team needed, just going out there and facing a few balls. Yeah. So it never really crossed my mind 
any other kind of option. Did you have a favourite format? Because you're a pretty aggressive sort of batsman. You got on with it. Um, did you, were you felt yourself more suited to T20 or was it uh, the red ball as well? I, I think I went in a full swing. Like when I was younger, I was quite aggressive and, and quite carefree. And then when I got to, I started playing shield cricket, a lot of the game scenarios, uh, they set up for someone to go out there and, and face time. Like the shield final, yeah. you just had to draw that first final. So I reckon I faced over 300 balls. And I developed a, a way of being able to hang around. So I think that actually played to my detriment when it, when 2020 came around, I lost a bit of my flow, um, not belief, but probably just the ability to take it to the bowlers. I sort of got into a mode of being happy sitting there. And, um, it was, it was a weird transition. I liked red ball more than the, the shorter form. I thought that was harder to, to play at. I feel like you can get away with. Um, things in, in white ball cricket, whereas better for longer is always the saying in red ball. And I feel like that sort of brings out the, the real players. But the, the shield cricket gets less coverage, doesn't it? There's less people in the stadiums. It's not on free to wear TV, for example. Um, it's, the BBL is what gets the eyeballs. So people, most, um, I guess, generic cricket fans would know you from the big bash. And I remember that you were quite close to Kevin Peterson for a while there. So Kevin Peterson flies in from England. He's playing for the Melbourne stars. He's the overseas import. He's on big money and he befriends the wicketkeeper who is still finding his way in the team. How does that play out? Yeah. Befriend is an interesting um, <laughs> word. He thought I was the mascot. of the team. <laughs> um, no. that, That's legitimate. Yeah. The, the first time we ever met, he actually thought I was a, a waiter at the Emerson rooftop. Yeah. And I went up to him and said, hello. And he asked me to go and get him a glass of wine. <laughs> um, there are multiple stories. Like we yeah. would go out for dinner and he would take us out somewhere. Yeah. And when we'd get there, he'd go, go up to the, you know, go up to the lady and ask for a table. And I'd go over and ask for a table and she, the lady or the man would be like, do you have a reservation? And I'd say, no. And I'd be like, no, well, you can't come in. And then Kev would come in behind me and he'd be like, where, where is, is the head chef here? Where's the head chef? Jonathan, tell him Kevin Peterson is out to front. And like the, the head chef would come running out and like see KP and hug and we'd be taken to a, a new room. And like then at the end of the night, the bill would be sorted and he'd turn to me and be like, that's how you do it. As if like I'd organized dinner. And, you know, he'd continually remind me of all these different things. So I, I think I was just something that got him through his two months of being in Australia. Someone he could um, pick on, but... I, I got a lot of enjoyment out of being around KP and was fortunate that he, uh, he liked picking on me, I guess. <laughs> I love those sorts of stories. Do you still speak to him now? Not really. Uh, I send him messages from time to time. Does he reply? Uh, every now and again. Yeah. Yeah. I sent him a, a photo the other day. Um, actually a, a mirror shot. I was tensing Ooh. in the mirror and he said, if only you had bigger arms, you would have been able to hit sixes. When you were. <laughs> um, I love so, it. Yeah. No, he's, he's a good man. But, uh, no, I don't, I don't sort of have much to do with him. Nothing, nothing quite beats the arrogant cricketer, the, the funny, arrogant cricketer. There's a lot of them. Kevin Peterson knew he's the best. He was the alpha in the room and that's how he treated Paul well, Seb Gotch. Well, he's alpha in yeah. his teammates. That, <laughs> yeah, that's, correct. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. That's, that's painful. It's hard enough. Speaking of painful, Seb, can I ask about your finger? What happened initially and how did it play out over the ensuing months and years? Uh, yeah, I got a, I got a ball from Billy Stanlake at the Gabba that, uh, basically cracked <coughs> the finger in half, I guess. And then, uh, day four of that same shield game, I got hit keeping, I think they were nine down, um, got hit on the end of the finger late day four and it did, uh, well, it did further damage to what had already been there. And then when the operation came about, 
there may have been a few things that went wrong. There was a lack of blood supply to the finger. The bone started to literally turn right um, and overlap the middle finger. So then there were people, the surgeons were reluctant to operate again because of that lack of blood supply. Mm. They didn't want to risk infection or they, they, there were different things that um, meant there were complications and it just got to a point where it was, the pain was one thing, but the, the function of the finger being a keeper just made it pretty hard to, um, to cover the fact that I wasn't a good keeper already, <laughs> let alone now my finger doesn't work. <laughs> that was tough. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you, you have what, a couple of surgeries or just one surgery and it's not improving. And this is, by the way, this is early 2020. So to paint a picture for you, so you know this, but you've made back to back tons. You've hurt yourself at the Gabba COVID hits. So you're in Melbourne and you're trying to do your rehab. How does that look in the depths of winter when COVID is sweeping across the globe? Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I can't even remember. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I read, I feel like having a finger operation, you just imagine that, you know, whatever they do in there, when you're asleep, you wake up and your finger is going to be okay. Uh, it was more four, five months later when it started to bend at a right angle, like it probably would have been at 60 degrees Jeez. At, at one stage. That's when I was a bit like, oh, we'll get this operated on at the end of the year. Um, and I can't remember what we were doing that season, but it, it did feel like we were in it for a long way. Um, so I was trying to get through, um, but yeah, it was just, I'm, I'm a big hands player. Like I need the feel, um, I need to make sure everything's on. Like I shadow bat for hours before I go out and yeah. play and I've got the bat in my hand the night before. So when you're picking something up for me, who's a bit of a head case, it was quite challenging to not have that really nice feel in your hands. And I think that played a big part of it. So was it, was it numbness and pain consistently through that 2020, 21 time when you came back to be playing? Yeah, it was. I, that same year I, I broke these two fingers. Oh, sorry. You won't be able to say it, but I broke my other left hand, the ring finger and the index finger. So I had my right index finger that was, you know, pretty badly damaged. And then those two fingers went. So it got to the point where after I'd keep in a, a red ball game, I'd then have to go and bat and just grabbing the bat felt like a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Like the pain, not that it was excruciating, but it, it was, you did lose a bit of that strength in your grip. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I started dropping catches. I, I did find myself thinking about my hands when the ball was coming towards me. That's when I knew that I was in a bit of strife. So by the, uh, end of the 2020, 2021 season, you're in a bit of strife. Do you have surgery again? And then what happens over the next year? Because um, clearly it was a very difficult time for you, not just physically, but also mentally. Yeah. So that was probably the big thing. I, I, through that year, I thought, just get through the end of the year. We'll get it operated on, straighten it out. We'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And then it was, I reckon maybe the fourth or fifth surgeon that I saw that was all, was reluctant to operate. I remember making a call to my mum and saying like, oh, another one said no. Like this is starting to get, I'm a bit worried here. They, they keep sort of knocking it back. And that was the first real time I was like concerned. When was that like mid 2021? Must've been, yeah, it must've been right at the end of that season. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I mum will probably know better, but I reckon I told her that I don't think anyone will do anything. And that was the moment I realized that if they don't, I'm sort of, I'm gone. Like I can't yeah. keep going like this. And, um, they, they agreed to a fusion, I guess. And that's where they, they break it and they, oh, they actually, they put a screw through. Um, and it, and it goes dead straight. And then that just meant that I couldn't wrap the finger around the bottom of the bat and, yeah. um, yeah, it was gone. So, so it was more of a, a decision made for your <coughs> lifestyle than a, a career cricket 
decision. That's where it really boiled down to. Do you remember that, that moment of actually having that call? Yeah. Somewhat out of your hands, but literally in your hands. Yeah, it was, it was a weird one because a lot of people, like I was going to chop it off. A lot of people. Daniel Chick style. Yeah. Where Chick's, I think must have been his ring finger or mm. even middle. Whereas the surgeons, when I was going down that path, were saying the, the pinch finger, they referred to it as. So they basically said, if you take that one, especially on your right hand, you'll miss that a lot. And it won't just be for the next two years of playing cricket. It'll be for what you do for the rest of your life. Um, I think about work these days on the computer, like typing yep. without that, just doing any sort of normal day, any day activity. It's, it's quite a challenge. So, um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't quite think, I didn't ever think long-term. It was just that I can't do what I want to do with this operation. So let's fuse it as a last resort because that's all we can do and see if that works. We're talking to former Victorian wicketkeeper Seb Gotch. So can I ask you then, when you did make the decision to retire or you couldn't play anymore, how did that play out? Behind the scenes? Uh, there was a lot of time. I was in denial for a bit of time. I didn't want to. How long do you reckon you're in denial for? For jeez. Well, well, how old am I on our 30? So yeah. quite a while. But like, um, like six months, several months. Yeah. I reckon four months, five months. I <clears> probably couldn't. Geez, I reckon I took the mickey of it a little bit because I was scared of realizing how, how bad it was. And you're a contracted player as well. So was, you've got to go yeah. to, you're going to training and what are you hitting balls? Are you trying to fix it? What, what are you actually doing on a daily basis? Well, that's the funny thing. I was going into training and like everyone was batting and bowling and I was just in the gym. And, uh, I, I think Victoria Graffy was the, uh, the CEO at the time and, um, and Buck was the coach. I think deep down they knew where I was at and, uh, I'm very grateful that they sort of let me figure that out for myself. It, it, it did take a long time and I was, uh, I, I got really fit at that time, which was great. <laughs> I didn't pick up a bat or ball and credit to my teammates as well. Like no one really put a great deal of pressure on me to, to make a decision. But, um, when, when I was in the nets batting left-handed and, uh, Bora was wanging me balls because I thought oh, I'll give left-handed a go before I call the quits. Uh, it was then when Will Bukowski walked in and started laughing at me batting, I, I went, okay, maybe this is a bit extreme. Yeah. I've got to, yeah. I've got to pull the pin here. So, um, yeah, there was a, a few months of, uh, denial before I came to terms with it, but, yeah. um, we got there in the end. Contracted and you finish your career. What are you doing now? What, what have you done since you've, I, I guess, p put that part of your life behind you? Cause that would be really difficult. We see in AFL all the time and other sports, the transition away from professional sport is really difficult for, for people. Um, and I'd imagine when it comes earlier than what you'd expect, it's even harder. You had no time to prepare for it really because you're trying to get yourself back to play. So how did you find that tradition, uh, transition? And um, I guess, how was your mental health in that period? Well, if you ask mum, I had plenty of time to prepare for the transition. She was trying to get me to finish my uh, uni degrees for about eight years. <laughs> I kept putting on the back burner each time I signed yeah. a new deal. Uh, so when that all came about, I, I was very lucky with the people around me, the networks, um, school, Caulfield Grammar, even mm. the, the old boys there, everything seemed to fall into place because of the great people that I had access to. So it, it was a challenging time, but at the same time, I was transitioning out of something that I was very fortunate to be doing as a job. So it wasn't for me, um, it wasn't too hard seeing the next phase of my life, whatever that looked like, I was prepared for it to not be as good as cricket. Like that was the yeah. ultimate for me. Um, and I felt like you sort of deserved to go back into the working world a little bit and experience what it's like for other people. And 
Um, I've enjoyed the the routine, which I never had being a cricketer to that, you know, the, the nine to five grind, having your weekends free. So you like the nine to five grind? Well, I like being able to plan things. Cricket, it always felt like you, yeah. and I was a terrible organizer. There was a game on here or there and you could never commit to things too far away because you weren't sure which team you'd be playing in and those sort of things. So, um, yeah, I was lucky to do what I did for that amount of time and uh, the transition was made a lot easier by some really good people. It's a great perspective to have because when it's taken out of your hands, you don't get a choice. Um, you know, it's very different for Dave Warner who goes, oh, I'd, I'd like to finish here. And, you know, it, it, it takes its course and he's, you know, like, like many others have fulfilled a great career. Um, is there any regret? Uh, it's a great question. I, I live life on the edge a little bit. Like I, do some very silly things. So there's always going to be a bit of, a bit of regret when you, uh, act the way I do. I was, a, I was often someone that, um, let the moment get the better of them, but I wouldn't say regret is, uh, I don't regret doing anything. I maybe look back and think I could have, uh, trained a little bit harder and done a few things here or there, but at the same time, I was pretty honest with who I who I was, yep. what I, mm. what I wanted to be. Like I, I would have only done probably 30 minutes of keeping practice my, my whole career. I reckon. <laughs> why honestly. is that? Why is that? I don't, I don't honestly don't even know. I think it was a little bit of, uh, I felt I'd get enough hand eye stuff every day. Like I'd be kicking the footy. I'd be running around doing things. And I also didn't really enjoy keeping. So I felt like practicing was just a, a massive chore. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't really, which isn't a, looking back, it's not a, a thing that I'm really proud of, but it's also something that uh, I'm glad I did what I needed to do to, to get through. So being a wicketkeeper, there's certain things that you can do. You can just turn up and do on a Saturday, keeping back to the stumps, right arm medium, right arm medium pace, the batter leaves it. You can take the ball, give it to second slip, but there's some things that require technique and understanding of the um, finer points of the craft. And that is, you know, keeping down the leg side. Where to, where, to, where to stand to left-handed, right-handed batters, to left to leg spinners and off spinners. Did you learn all that or did you just stand back there and just catch the ball? No, I was notoriously poor down leg side. So that <laughs> that adds up. Um, but John Holland was our, our big spinner, great spinner. Yeah. Also a great bloke, very forgiving. Mm. So maybe a lot of those chances that I missed didn't get highlighted as much because he was such a, a good guy. Yeah. Um, but the, the left arm spinner turning away to a right-hand batter is generally a very – well, it's probably an easier yeah. keeping role than some others. And Farwad Ahmed was our other spinner, and he just used to hit people on the pad with his right yeah. and I wasn't really needed. You're probably so. not, even, not, not even required <laughs> yeah, back there. Well, if you look at when I was keeping, Cameron White was almost a backstop as opposed to a first slip, and he took a lot of catches when I was keeping. <laughs> Seb Gotch is with us for Tire Power. Big December deals sale now on. This is Sports Day for Kia. The Epic has arrived, the all-electric Kia EV9, and Maccas, the chicken Big Mac, is back at Maccas. Plenty more with Seb Gotch after this. All right, welcome back to Sports Day. Our news headlines tonight have been brought to you by the Spirit of Tasmania. Stretch out in freedom on board the Spirit of Tassie. Free from luggage limits, you can pack more into your adventure with the Spirit of Tasmania. Some news has just dropped from the GWS Giants. Aaron Cadman picked one in 2022. He's agreed to an early contract extension with the Giants through to the end of 2026. So he's already contracted to 2024. That's a two-year extension. He played 12 games this year. He's a forward and he's been locked in for another couple of years. Gotchi, I asked the question at the start of the show, um, is the IPL good for cricket or bad for cricket? If so, why? What's your perspective? Uh, well, if I was Glenn Maxwell on 3 million, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
it, it's hard to control. I think that's probably the main issue that you know this sort of stuff a lot better than I do. But I imagine the the power of Indian cricket, it would be scary for any other administration outside of that and where it's going to go. Um, but everything seems to develop at a rate where the money is and the money's in India. So what they do with that money is going to dictate where the players go, I guess. But yeah. whether that's a good or bad thing, I have no idea. The crowd numbers are pretty low at the moment, whether that's a result of the standard getting so good that we actually don't have anywhere to go now. Like, are we, yeah. we hit the peak of the ceiling? Um, who knows? You played 36 games for the Stars across five seasons, three finals appearances, and you didn't win one. The Stars still haven't won one. What, why do you think that is? Uh, it's a great question. I don't, I don't know. It never felt like there was a, a when we're going out there, it was like, you know, we're cursed. Or a hoodoo. Like that. Yeah. No, I, I, that game against the Renegades when we were none for oh. 110, I reckon I was organizing like plans where we're going after <laughs> the game. <laughs> the next minute I was in the middle. So, <laughs> um, I was certainly not a believer of the curse up until, um, we lost obviously, but yeah, we, we did so well to get to that many. I think 2020 cr- cricket is hard to be consistent. So the fact that we were able to do what we did throughout that period is a, without winning it, it's also a, a reflection of a pretty good side. Do you follow cricket now? Do you follow the stuff you played from? You're a big part of th- that near success. Um, is it something that you love watching now? Or, um, you know, you, you're, you're involved in cricket. You're, you're playing local cricket, but uh, is it something you like following? Um, I like following people, I think. So who do you follow? Love following Southo. Yep, he's doing big, well. Isn't big he? will, yeah. Trav Dean, he's a he's one that I always love to to look at. He's a shield winning captain, Travis Dean. Oh, he's more than that. He's <laughs> everything, Trav <laughs> Dean. Um, he's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, all the Vic, probably every Vic boy that yep. I, I played with, you, you love watching him. Scotty Boland, Marcus Harris. You want them all to do well. Um, Willie Pukowski, you know, the, he, I think he's in the Pakistan yep. game that's coming up. Um, Harps is hundred that he made the other day. That was just unreal. Yeah. And, and Harps is someone that works bloody hard. So when yep. You see those guys, you know, do well. And, and he's been under a little bit of pressure recently as well. And he came out and responded like that, which yeah, that's, that's Harps for you. That's his character. So that was a, a good little innings to watch. It's interesting that you're talking about that because you were probably, they're only going to play one keeper, really. And actually, I think at times you might have been in the same team. Did you ever do that as well, to play as a, a, a bat or have, have a team like that? But there's only one. You actually played at the same club. Well, you, you, you then played, uh, you know, for the state together and they're only going to play one. There was one day cricket and often you'd swap one. You'd be in the red ball, halves would be in the, the white ball and sometimes it'd swap around. How did that go? Cause you're obviously good mates. Well, it's, yeah, I think that's probably a, a great point to, uh, our levels of keeping. When I went back to Melbourne with Sam, yeah. Melbourne would pick Sam to keep. <laughs> so even like, I'd come back from Shield Creek keeping, they'd be like, nah, well, like, thanks, but yeah. you can field. Was that, was that Kenty who made that decision? Oh, he would have been a part of it somehow. Yeah. yeah. He would have been in there. You probably didn't mind, did you? Have a field? Uh, yeah, it was good fun getting out in the field. Yeah. Like, yeah. It allowed me to, uh, use a lot of that spare energy that I had running <laughs> around. But, uh, that we, looking back on that, it was quite. Quite an insult at times. Playing shield, <laughs> that's fine. You, you, I think you're hard to insult. Playing shield cricket around the country, did you run into any players that surprised you personality-wise? Did you get to know any players from other states that um, you thought, geez, I didn't, I didn't think that would be like that? That's a great question. Harry Conway surprised me. Oh, yeah. He probably wouldn't surprise you like, having watched him. He is what he, what he is. He's a character. He does what he says on the tin, basically. Like He carries on to a great level. Like he goes above and beyond. 
and I appreciate the effort he puts into that carry on. Like it's not easy to always be a bit of a lunatic. Is it authentic to be? Well, well, I think it's authentic to try that hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, that's him, um, which, which is not easy to do. It's much easier to sit in the corner and not say anything, but mm. he, he kept a level that I thought uh, couldn't be maintained. Um, George Bailey was one I, I really liked yep. talking to after games. He was, a, he was very different to what I thought I was going to get in the yeah. rooms when you have a beer with him. He used to make me laugh a lot, but everyone had their, their own character. WA, Sean Marsh, I loved yeah. Sean. Like, I don't reckon he really said much to me, but I just like being in the presence of him. Like, he was just <laughs> it's a, a good a compliment, really, isn't it? A great, great operator, great player. Yeah. But oh, yeah. just, there was no fuss about yeah. what he did and he was super consistent. What are you doing now? And um, you're still using your Grey Nichols kit that you love? Yes. Well, shout out to Grey Nichols. We, we've had um, a young young bloke down at Sorrento whose family have been gone through some pretty tough times. And uh, the, the young blokes got selected in a development team and Grey Nicks have just gone, he is a full kit. Wow. What's his name? Pads. I don't want to reveal too much yeah. info in case I embarrass the family, but yeah. um, for Grey Nichols to do that off, off their own bat, like I didn't have to say much. And Stu Cransbuel, the best bat maker in, in the world, uh, he came to the party within about five minutes. So we're really grateful as a community down in Sorrento that we can look after our players like that, but you need good people and good organizations to support your beliefs. And Grey Nicks did that for so us. So are you guys playing against each other? Different divisions. So yeah, different divisions. I'm, I'm in a division below at Mornington, but, uh, I always keep an eye on how you're going. You're going all right. Oh, personally, I'm, I'm struggling. Uh, and the te- where the club itself is going well, it's probably yep. just the ones that are uh, letting the, the club down at the moment. So I'm feeling the pressure as a coach. Just quickly, how do you go playing with the injury that you've had? Uh, I'm fo- finding different things as I'm going along. It was quite challenging early, but there are different ways you can go about it. I think yeah. I, l- I do lack a lot of my greatest strengths I had when I was playing, um, but I'm discovering some other ways to score runs. Not a lot of them, but finding some, some little options. Yeah. Having broken the same finger, obviously to a lesser extent than you, I find it hard to cut with that finger not being able to be on the bat properly. It's probably the only thing I can do, <laughs> which is, which is strange me, because you're you. right. There is more yeah. bottom hand involved in that. So it could be psychological for me or, yeah. or you. Yeah, but, uh, probably me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Gotchi, um, we've got a prize for you there as well or a, a token of our appreciation. Cobram Estate are an amazing organisation and they've got extra virgin olive oil and you've got one. Just read out what it says on on what type you've got there. Uh, I've got the ultra premium. Absolutely delicious. Medium in intensity as well. And you're quite the chef. Yeah, you can use that with food and dips. Right. Yeah, the bold intensity probably just dips. Interesting. Have you used this yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that... my, my wife, Bridget, absolutely loves it. So. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to put this to the test, don't worry. And you're quite the cook. I like to cook. Mm. Quite the cook is, you've never eaten my food, so you, you yeah. probably can't can't comment, but um, I love to cook. Yep. Whether it's good or not, that can be determined. You're moving very close to Yes, you guys are going to be neighbours. Yeah, I'm, this is the opportunity to uh, do so. I, I'd, yeah. enjoy, I'd enjoy sitting and watching sport with you, Gotcha. I reckon there's a number of topics we could talk about probably off air that we don't have time for now. But we do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming in. Awesome. And uh, I'll see you in South Yarra pretty soon. Perfect. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that's Seb Gotch for the good oil for Cobram Estate, Australia's most uh, awarded extra virgin olive oil, uh, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in Northern Victoria. More sports day after this.